Many doubted we'd ever see it, but here it is. The return to glory. We will never see anything as exhilarating as that. Fantastic. Congratulations, Tiger. Unbelievable. We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get fucking like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This episode 100, a confluence of events. If you need a title, there it is, Matt. Episode I, we'll 100, that, yeah. the C note comes in lockstep with the full comeback of Honestly, one Eldrick Tiger Woods. We're, if we didn't have sometimes that, you, you can't write this stuff. If man. we didn't have that, like what was it, two weeks ago where we just couldn't make it work, we had to skip the week because both of our schedules are so far off. If it we wasn't didn't even have our schedules. That, it was fate. It, that's what it was. It wasn't our schedules. It was the it was the gods. It was a nod from the gods, Joe. That, it that, was. That this was it was meant to be our one hundredth episode. We've proclaimed ourselves a Tiger podcast from the start. Came when Tiger fully came back. It's, it's, you can't uh, write this script. Just like Tiger coming all the way back, you can't write the Moose and Rune script, Joe. Matt, before we get into Tiger, before we get into our mailbag questions, thank you to those who sent us questions. Uh, we're going to answer all of those throughout the next little bit here. But uh, I want to applaud you on 100 episodes of production, on 100 episodes of editing, on 100 episodes of posting, on 100 episodes of potting. You uh, you put your, your, your soul into this one, and I'm not oh, yeah. saying this jokingly. Uh, I thank you. The listeners thank you. And... Uh, the potential future hypothetical sponsors. Thank you. Oh, well, I first foremost would like to thank the potential future sponsors back. Potential Uh, future hypothetical. Yeah. Potential future hypothetical sponsors. They're the ones paying the hypothetical bills. Um, but no, I, I appreciate that, Joe. I, uh, audio editing is as nerdy as it sounds, uh, sometimes can be fun (laughs) to me. I like getting creative with it sometimes. Uh, and Mm -hmm. and it's a joy to do. Uh, and it's been a joy speaking with you now for a hundred some weeks in a row. Um, we hadn't done that. The previous 100 or even close to that probably since two plus years college yeah so it's, it's been nice uh getting to talk to you every week about sports even though your opinions can be way off sometimes uh as, it's, as it's they been, should be it's been nice of the listeners to keep tuning in and giving us their suggestions but uh let's get off our soapboxes here and, and and give the listeners what they're here for and that's some tiger yeah, talk and some mail they don't want to hear us talk to each other um but so talk, talk, I want to talk to me. No, I want I want to get your. Th- you start every episode by asking me questions. I want to flip yeah. the script in one hundred. Okay. Ninety nine has gone so well. Why not fix what isn't broken? Yeah, no. Let's let's change the format. Uh, here. I want to see what your reaction was. What happened when he tapped in on eighteen? What what went through Joe Musso's head? Because we knew it was going to happen when he was coming up eighteen. But what happened when he actually tapped in? What was going through the mind of one Joseph so, Musso the the third junior? Junior Joseph Robert Anthony Musso Jr. Okay, I don't know the middle ones. Oh, your middle name's Robert too. Uh, yes, it is. middle name buddies. We're learning things about each other here on episode one hundred. How beautiful that's what, is that's that? That's what we do. <laughs> um, but Matt, my my experience of it was a little different. I with it being such an early round and having been moved up, they teed off six twenty a.m. our time. Oh, I didn't even think of that. You better believe I was up at six fifteen. Wiping the crust out of the eyes, mm-hmm. sat down and like literally sat down on the couch as he hit his first tee ball on one. So I was a little foggy, like one through six, one through five. Then I came to and I was like fully engaged with it. And then by it was right after it was right after Francesco, the push was on. Mm-hmm. Francesco put it in the water and then Tiger birdied 13, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Tiger birdied 13 and I left for work. Had a show to produce, missed the tee shot on 14, saw the approach. Mm-hmm. Um, missed, that was the single shot that I missed. So it's I was quick, at it's work. a quick drive to work for you. Good for six you. minutes. That's six nice. Minutes. That's lovely. Um, I was at work for the moment, for, for the final putt dropping, for him coming down um, 18, for the tee ball at 16, for the putt at 15. Just 
everything that happened that we will the indelible marks happened while I was at work. But we have a fantastic setup in the sports office. Four monitors that were all actually three of them were on just regular CBS. One of them had a stream on it, mm-hmm. um, and it was. It, it at no point felt like it wasn't supposed to be happening. I did have the feeling of, is this happening? But it still felt like it was supposed to happen. It For so many times, right. so many years in a row that he's participated. I mean, I know he's missed, what, five over the last eight years or something like or mm-hmm. uh, whatever the number is. For the years that he's been there, we've tried to will this to be. And that's why in the moment it felt like it was supposed to be happening. I would be remiss if I didn't add that I I was there alongside my my reporter Sarah Hodges and I had to choke back I had to choke back what were real tears when when Tiger made that putt and I've never met the guy I don't know the guy but the story the moments the imagery of him and his son, him and his son as opposed to him and his father it, it was all it all just added up to an extremely emotional moment and I, I don't think I was alone as people that were eventually questioning why am I tearing up right now but uh, I in fact was I think part of it was and I, I'm not a huge Colin Cowherd fan but I heard his his little monologue about you know Tiger and what happened and, and I, I agreed with his point and I, I've been thinking a lot of the same things is why is everybody drawn to Tiger so much? I mean, obviously he, he was fantastic. He was, you know, on track to be the greatest golfer of all time. Still might be, um, mm-hmm. but like, why are we all so drawn to this guy who, in the past, did some pretty awful things? If we're being honest, not I mean, not illegal for the most part, but you know, to his family, wasn't that good of a guy? Wasn't that great to the media? Wasn't that great to his fans? And I think it's because we saw this guy who was larger than life, who was better than all of us, humbled brought to his knees quite literally sometimes on the golf course brought to his knees in front of everybody basically publicly embarrassed and a lot of that was his doing not injuries weren't but a lot of the off the course stuff was was his doing and we saw a guy basically never quit never give up fight his way back and and even going through these times where he even admitted he might never play golf not really give up on that dream to come back and then to see that greatness again to see that greatness we all experienced and I think there was such there's a generation below us that never really experienced. I think the the ones above us are happy they finally got to see it. This next generation of golfers, next generation of fans, yeah. but this guy who was literally larger than life, the the best there ever was, brought to his knees and to come all the way back up. I mean, that's just it sounds cliche, but that's a Hollywood script you can't write. And then, like you said, the the imagery with the the, the hug with his dad after the win in '97 and the hug with his kid, uh, you know, 22 years later, whatever it is, is it's just. It's it's unbelievable, and, and we witnessed, quite honestly, I think the greatest sports moment I've ever witnessed in my life, and I can't imagine one right now topping it. Yeah, it was it was truly up there. Um, and boy, am two, I glad I bought a hat three. that said 2019 Masters on it. And yes, you have some, uh, some memorabilia from the tournament, which uh, is a cherry on top for you and your family and, and the boys that uh, attended the tournament, but... My takeaway once I – I mean that was my immediate reaction was just that well of emotion. But mm-hmm. after thinking about it and digesting it, I had a couple takeaways. One of them was regardless of if you're a golf fan, if you are a Tiger Woods fan, if you hate sports, this translated to everybody on some level or another. And in a day and age where everything is divisive, it doesn't matter. You can be talking about coffee or politics. You're right wing, you're left wing, you're right, you're wrong. It, mm-hmm. Everything, there's a line down the middle. It felt like we were all on the same side of the line. It felt like as society, those who were in tune were rooting for Tiger Woods on yeah. Sunday. And it felt good. It felt good to Everyone be pulling for the same thing. And, mm-hmm. y- you know, you, you talked about those lows that he reached. It wasn't just 08. It wasn't – and I know you know. Um, the injuries weren't just this past year. The guy was on an operating table a year and a half ago having a spine fused. Like yeah. this is this is unprecedented what he did yesterday. And what makes it even – or not yesterday, on Sunday. But what makes it even more special to me is that this wasn't – the stereotypical Tiger Masters, stereotypical Tiger major finish. For one, he came from behind for the first time first in time, his 15 yeah. wins. He had never trailed going into a Sunday round and won. I didn't give that much thought. It did enter my brain on Saturday night, but I didn't give it much thought. 
but he got that done. On 18, the Tiger we know might pull driver there because he's a little stubborn and he knows he has to get it down there, so down there a ways to make par. But he knew he only had to make bogey. Bogey would have bothered past Tiger. Mm-hmm. Bogey doesn't bother this Tiger. In order to get it done, Tiger had to, I guess, realize that he was human. He had to accept vulnerability. And this goes all the way back to his injuries and his wrongdoings. He had to look in the mirror and realize he was at rock bottom. I think all of those realizations throughout the last eight to 10 years allowed him to pull three water hybrid on 18 to lay up on a second shot, whether or not there was mud on the ball to get up and get down in two putts. He knew how many he needed and he got it done. Old tiger would have still tried to overpower that and win by two shots. He changed and his ability to change and make a decision that this is the way he's going to play golf. This is the way he's going to treat people. This is the way he's going to play with the guys in his group. It's a completely different Tiger still as dominant in his win. And it was it was really cool to see uh, him back in the winner's circle with a green jacket on, but in a completely different way. I, I You said it really well, and I, I saw your tweet, I, I think, was it yesterday or not? Well, not yesterday. It might have been Sunday when you said that. I think it was Monday. You know, Tiger, but it, the yeah. the divisiveness of the world. I, I, it sounds kind of again cliche, but Tiger. It, it seemed like in a, in a time where all of us have been never more, you know, never been more divided. That Tiger brought everybody. Even if you didn't really like Tiger that much, I couldn't really find many people who were heavily rooting against him, hoping to lose. Because even though he did so many, you know, th- there were so many hiccups along the way. It was a it was a comeback story that it's it's kind of hard to not root for the person because he had been through so much and you touch on it wasn't just you know one or two injuries, I mean this goes all the way back to him winning his last major championship he won on a torn ACL and since then he had it, it took him eleven years to get right, and I mean you you heard him I'm sure in that interview on Saturday saying I you know I'm, I'm probably getting up at three forty five four in the morning to get my body right for a nine a.m. tea time which I just that was the to me was kind of jaw dropping, but it, it, the the amount he went through, and then to see him on the back, like you said, there were times where in in the past he'd have put down drive, you know, took taken out driver on eighteen and probably piped it down the middle. If we're being honest, mm-hmm. he he did kind of have some acceptance of, of what he needed to do to get the job done. Granted, I there was a little bit of that bit of that in uh, on seventeen when he took out the driver. He didn't really need to do yes. that there, but he did, and he absolutely piped it, and that was pretty awesome, pretty badass. But he didn't need to do it on 18. He just needed to be in the fairway, and that's exactly what he did. He he acknowledged even in the interview, I knew all I needed to do was make uh, make bogey. I honestly think if he needed to make par, he probably would have made that putt on 18 but took it a little bit more conservatively. And it was seeing the guy who kind of knows what it takes to win now compared to what it knows what it what took to take, you know, to win 10 years ago, 11 years ago. It was um Tiger, in many ways, was an enigma throughout his whole career and untouchable, unseeable. You'd occasionally, I guess, see him down in Jupiter, but he just kind of moved in silence. The Mm -hmm. accessibility of Tiger made him so much more lovable over the last year. And people, like I said, who aren't even fans of golf, who aren't aware, I guess, of the depth and I don't know, but the depth of this story, they were drawn to the character they were drawn to the individual and in the past we didn't get those glimpses um we didn't get even even in the press room after answering questions you weren't getting straight questions you Mm -hmm. were getting tiger trying to crack jokes and this year you got straight questions he talked about his family he talked about his kids talked about what his dad meant to him he talked about i mean he did make his phil joke about phil working out which was fantastic but it, it was a completely different guy and i think what really tells the story is the way that other players still revered him. Other, the way that Brooks Kepka and Tony Finau revered him after losing the Masters by one shot, saying how awesome was that that we just got to witness that. Xander Shoffley not able to put words together because he just witnessed his idol get it done. There's mm-hmm. such a reverence for him about the game that, you know, this is a completely different conversation, but needs to wear off because Tiger isn't going away for the next four or five years I'd say he's still got good golf in him so these guys do need to at some point realize a competitive edge and start playing against them for the game to thrive uh, and for you know Tiger to have that same level of 
I dominated a field as wide as this one, not they laid down for me. And I don't feel like in any way they laid down for him this Masters. Francesco wasn't trying to make those no, mistakes. I, just, I, I think bet they you were a little bit DJ was trying to make time. that putt. Exactly. They were a little bit in awe as we all were. And that's that's a Tiger effect right there. But I guess sort of in that vein too, Tiger could have won that tournament by seven strokes if he made some putts throughout the week. Uh, we we missed, talked about, you and I exchanged texts about that all week. He missed like, at least six or seven putts throughout the week on inside Thursday, eight feet. On Thursday, and you and I both he said, starts no, he rolling the ball the way right that he, not even the way that he used to, but at an increased level of where he's at right now, I don't see why he doesn't win a couple more majors, and I don't see why he doesn't pass Sam Snead's record this season. I think he wins at least twice more this season. I'm not going to say majors, but I do think that this momentum will build because when you give a champion momentum, good things are going to come from it, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of got a little bit of a sniff of it now, and I, I, he remembers what it's like to be back. And I'm not saying he's going to break Jack's record, but that record is is very much in play now. Whereas, well, you know, a year I from now, if you let's ask make a me declaration that, I would say there. No. Because okay. that, that, for some reason, was the big topic. Because he won one, sure. and he's now three away instead of four. Everyone's saying whether or not he's going to win. I do think it's a bit. I, I think maybe let him win one more, then we start having a serious conversation about it. But where do you stand on this with the amount of golf that you forecast, how you're having left? Can he get to 18? Because I think getting to 19 is a wild thought. Can mm-hmm. he get to 18? I think the rest of this season is incredibly important for that. Um, I, I almost want to say if he's yeah, you talked about the way that the course is set up. For if him. he's if he's gonna get there, he yeah, he might have to do it this year because uh, he's got two chances. Of Excuse courses. me. No, I, he, I'm sorry. He might have to get another one this year. I'm sorry, not okay. to get to he, <laughs> he's not. Might so have we're, to we're, get we're not getting get this, this season. <laughs> no, I'm saying he might have to get one more this year um, because these courses are such. Um, like you, you just touched on winnable options for him, places he's been before and won mm-hmm. in the past. I think that makes this year very important for him. And obviously he's not getting any younger as we've talked about. But, I mean, yeah. sure, it's possible. I'm not going to bet on it happening. Um, but I also wouldn't have bet on him winning another major, you know, a year ago yeah. either. And and look where we are now. So Speaking I'm not of say which, it's impossible, but this year is very important for him if you want coming to. Coming into to Sunday – Coming into Sunday, not that I wasn't rooting for Tiger. I 100% was rooting for Tiger, but I had a little ticket with Tony Finau's name on it that I put in a, a little a little, uh, a little change down that on one, yeah. that was going to pay 900 if Tony won. So coming into Sunday, it was like Tony or Tiger, I I'll be a happy out, man. I cashed out on a nice little ticket with Tiger. A nice Tiger ticket? That's and good. I, but, I, um, I, I told you I had uh, I had futures on Molinari, Tiger, and Kepka before the tournament started. Yeah. Tony was long odds for me, so um, oh, I believe you, it was a tw- I believe it was a like twenty dollar bet, something like that, right? Yeah, I believe it was a twenty dollar bet to win nine hundred. Um, so we were pulling for Tony a little bit there, but as he faded, I was like, all right, I don't even have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. I was dreading a eighteen uh, or a, uh, them walking to sixteen tied and me just being at odds with completely. Myself. So I, I'm I'm glad that it went down. No, it was always Tiger. My mom even asked me because I was like on Saturday, my dad was all jacked up pretending like Tiger was his guy because my dad was the biggest write-off Tiger guy. Mm-hmm. Joe Sr., um, he was the captain of the Tigers' Dunn camp. Not to say that he didn't love Tiger throughout his dominance, but... Joe Jr. Write- throwing Sr. under the bus on episode quick to, I, I I called him at, right after it happened. I go, I've been waiting 10 years to say this to you. He's back. And my dad goes, that's my guy. I've been pulling through him, pulling for him through it all. I was like, I hate you so much. So uh, it was a, a turnaround moment for uh, many of the he's done camp too as well. It's, um, but I don't, I don't know where I was going with you know, that. But, your, uh, your boy Tony had his chance. At, yes. Where he lost it, where he really lost it, in my opinion, was on 12 after mm-hmm. Molinari goes in the water, after what you just saw, there's I literally you, just you said to dry, Tony. <laughs> t- ha- have whatever club you have in your hand, take one yeah. more, hit that, and worst case yeah. scenario, you're on the back and you have a nice little chip that runs down to the hole and you can get up and down from there. Don't go in the water, Tony. And I was yeah. fine with it because I was a Tiger guy. But I, yeah, I Tiger pulled thought his left that. forty feet. That was the play. Yeah, it's I'm not going in the water. I just need to be on here. I need to, I need to be in play. And that's what Tiger did. That's what Tony should have done, but he he didn't and that's i'm not gonna put it all on the caddy but that might have been a little bit on the caddy yeah um i guess to go back to what spurred us there matt um if you if you feel that he needs one more this year to get to 18 possibly surpass 18 i guess i never answered that 
I think he can get there if he stays healthy and, you know, huge if just because of what he's been through. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think he can get there. I think it's too early to talk about it, though. That's fair. But if he was to get another one this year, it does become very, very realistic. Mm-hmm. Does he – where does he benefit the most? Which course do you think – allows him to get there because i know i posed this question to you before and i believe your answer was augusta check that box of the three courses left shout out me for going um, out on a limb with that the pga being played at um us is at um us is at pebble Pebble, and then and british is at port rush what Um, sets up the best i played there no big deal um i'm gonna go with pebble um kind of in, in a similar reason for why i would have said augusta for the first time but Pebble is is kind of like Augusta. It has a little bit of a mystique to it. it it's it's mm-hmm. a little bit bigger than the tournament itself, and that's saying I'm going to be there. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry, I thought we were flexing our muscles. No, we are. That's totally cool. <laughs> um, I appreciate your flex. Um, Tigers played there. Tigers won there. It's one of the, it, it, it's it's a course that has you know like I said that mystique to it and that aura. Mm-hmm. And Tiger also brings that bit of an aura. So I think that's one where he might also have a, a mental advantage over those in the field too. It's a long course. Tiger's not as long as he used to be. He's not as long as you know the, yeah. the Brookses and DJs of the world. But the dude can still hit the driver off the tee pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'll say Pebble pretty much out of. You know, the same reasons again why I was taking Gusta because it is yeah. a course that you know he knows so well he's won at you know multiple times and it has that aura to it. I really do believe that he'll be in the mix at both Pebble and at Portrush. Um, I think as he grows older, um, the Lynx British style of golf is a regulating force. It doesn't matter if you're uh, Luke Donald, a throwback name, who hits the ball two sixty five, or mm-hmm. Rory McIlroy who hits at three thirty. Um, everyone's kind of brought back around the same level playing field there. Yeah. And I think that that plays into uh, a tiger with a driving iron in his hand type situation. Mm -hmm. I think we Um, talked about that before last year's British, but that was the reason he might have a chance. I think so. There's almost an element of Augusta at those courses where you have to, you can be on the green, but you're in the wrong spot and it's Mm -hmm. game over it of plotting the ball around. As he said, he did at Augusta. I think it sets up nicely for him this year. I just don't like Beth Page. I, I don't like Beth Page for anyone, really, because <laughs> That's we know how long we know how long it is. But besides the length, if you're off the fairway more you're than twice over a four day round, you're in trouble. You lose the ball five yards off the fairway mm-hmm. just because the the rough. I, I don't like I don't like Tiger having to lash balls out of the rough for four days in a row on his back. So if he wants to sit out, if he wants to sit out the PGA, there. I'd be fine without. That. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> I don't think um, he's going to do that, Joe. <laughs> I, I, I get yeah. where you're going with that one. I, I, I kind of yeah. I don't I don't trust to pick anybody there because, like you said, once or twice out of the fairway, you're in a whole lot of trouble. Um, I like Matt, our picks, though. I, I do like our picks as well, and we'll move on here in a little bit. But it is just historic what we witnessed, and I think we need to before we move on place it in history a little bit. Um, the comeback story, and we sure. don't have to quantify it as best, worst, top, bottom, whatever, but. How do you feel history will remember Sunday? Oh, what this, do you think the indelible mark will be? Is I it mean, the greatest golf? I'm, I'm be honest. The greatest with you. four minute four hours in golf that we've ever seen. It was. Uh, I I tend to in these situations obviously take my own opinion into account, but listen to what other people have to say. Listen to you know older generations who have seen a lot more than I have, and you know tend to always say you know the past might have been a little better or other things better have happened. Jim Nance mm-hmm. and Nick Faldo both said after 18, you know, these are guys who've been calling masters since, you know, Nance forever, Faldo, you know, for 20 some odd years now too, mm-hmm. um, that this is the greatest moment in golf history. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I really, I can't see anything that tops it. I mean, I, I know Jack in 86 was great and this is kind of our version of Jack in 86, but Jack didn't have the comeback, you know, redemption story that Tiger had. You know, Quite honestly, this is the most star-studded field leaderboard that you could possibly imagine. The talent and the names at the top of that leaderboard that Tiger had to go through and, and emerge victorious over was was unbelievable. I mean, we were yeah. had the leaders teeing off on nine, and legitimately fifteen, you know, ten to fifteen people still could win that tournament. I mean, El Patrick Cantlay came all the way back from what was it 
three under to start the day. He had the co-leader for 17 seconds. Yeah, and then he made that putt. Or excuse me, he, solo leader for 17 yeah, seconds. Yeah, made that putt to make him the solo leader, and then the very next shot off the tee just absolutely shoved it right. It was hysterical. Um, but like that, you get too close to the sun. That's this tournament wasn't you know Tiger and Francesco and you know dueling back and forth and nobody else there. It was we thought it was going to be Tiger and Francesco, and then Brooks Kepka had a putt that could you know theoretically tie the Masters. Dustin Johnson got yep. himself to it. Like there was so much going on, so many big names that I don't see a better golf tournament uh, than this one that at least I've ever seen, and I'm not sure how one can top this. And quite honestly, even. Outside of the obviously the the teams that I love that have won championships will, will always hold special place in my heart. But like in the overall sports landscape, I think this is the greatest sports story I've probably witnessed. It was um, something that we'll never forget. A day we'll never forget. It was so long in the making. I'm I'm right there with you that this will go down as the greatest moment in golf history. Um, unless you know some kid pops up when we're in our fifties, sixties, which I'm sure some kid will. And um, gets close to that that eighteen mark, um, but for now th- this is it because how, how long in the making it was was something truly special. And um, you know, for Tiger fans, for sports fans, for fans of the story, uh, there, there's no top in this one. So no, it was they, uh, it's right up there with uh, with David Kaplan being showered with puppies to reveal the Bears' schedule. Like I'm that seeing was, on Twitter right now. It's 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 one A one B. Absolute. Twitter gold right there, um, and, and, and if you dis- haven't seen it, head over to Caps uh, or NBC Sports's um, Twitter page. Uh, that's how they reveal the part, Joe, is, is I did not get to see any of those puppies at work. I was you were not you were not I was, in charge, I was, you were not I was at work. I was in the back. resident wrangler. I was not. The, I would have happily done that job, but no, I did not get to meet any of the uh, the friends that were in the office the other day. So I was a little bit disappointing. Well, that's, that's a shame. Well, Matt, um, I know we could. Wax poetic as we do, especially about this, but um, you want to jump into a little bit of mailbag here? We said episode yeah. 100. It's was, 100. Hey, Matt, it's a, guess what? It's episode that? 100. We, it's our centennial. This is, is the 100th right? time we've talked to each other about sports. It's a centennial of 1,000. No, no, that's a millennial. Centennial is 100, yeah. It's, 100, yeah, yeah. It's, you're smarter than that. I'm the it's one been who a minute, asks, Matt. I'm the one who asks you vocab questions. It's been a minute. Not the other way around. See, but that, um, that almost classifies as a math question, so I'm, I'm allowed to ask that. Yeah, I, I'm, I have great math skills. Everybody knows that. <laughs> um, so should I kick us off here? Should I start us with a mailbag? Because I have a, yeah, golf, I have a Tiger Golf-related one. Yeah, um, yeah let, let's, um, let's gently move into here with a Tiger Golf question. So th- these are all tiger-ish related from my uh probably the number one tiger fan even topping you joe in the world that i know that's my brother mike um he he asked us is this golf's greatest moment which we just clearly answered yes but he wants Mm -hmm. to know are mock turtlenecks back you're the fashion guy you're the golf guy i want to get your don't let don't don't let the moment take you here i want a deep honest opinion on if mocks are back I can't give an honest opinion because because mocks never were. That's there might fair. have been like That's a, a six month. There might have been a six month period in 1992 where the mock turtleneck, as a fashion statement, not on the golf course, but as a fashion thing, was actually a thing. Like mock turtleneck and a suit. I think 1992. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking the villain from the mask before he turn before he puts the mask on. Yeah. What was that actor's name? Very mock turtleneck. Wasn't um, uh, Jim Carrey was the mask, wasn't he? Yeah, but the the villain because oh, the villain gets the mask and the. I haven't the, seen that movie in years. If we're being honest, the mask I, I don't really remember. Yeah, Google it. Just for the this is great for the radio. sake of my uh, Dorian Tyrell was his sure, name. Sure, that's yeah. a good name. As played by, uh, don't have it. Yeah, but uh, Dorian Tyrell uh, mm-hmm. was the, was the mask. But he was the only one that prior to Tiger, I think, pulled off the uh, the the turtleneck. So I can't say that the turtle mock turtleneck is back. Um, but we did, I did text back and into our text as he started surging on Saturday that I have to buy these mock turtlenecks. And, um, your brother so kindly informed me that I was late to the party. He had already ordered two of them. Mm -hmm. So he probably did that Wednesday, by the way. I think we're going to see a lot of people. I think we're going to see a lot of people trying to bring the turtleneck back, but it's not, it's not a look, especially on course. It's a tough, tough look. If you're not Tiger Woods now, I will be Tiger, sure in Tiger a month to, to do tweet it. The picture of you and Mike both wearing mocks on the course in California. Tiger, I'm not wearing a mock. I, I promise you, I'm not wearing okay. a mock in the desert. Okay. I don't. I don't have one. My my Tiger Polo just showed up yesterday, 
It's a white blade polo with a camo ventilation on it. Beautiful shirt with the TW on the back. Not going mock. So there don't you get go. your hopes up. Okay. But my hopes are um, I think to broaden this to actually answer the question, I think it again makes the game accessible because my dad even called me. He goes, why is Tiger allowed to wear a T-shirt? to Augusta and I got to wear pants to certain clubs in Chicago. I was like, dad, I, I, I don't, I don't know the answer to that one for you, but, um, you bring up a good tiger, point. He here. can do what he wants. You bring up a good point here, but, uh, for him again, to do it in the same shirt that he did it in 05, probably a different fabric, but to do it in the mock turtleneck, it was all of the imagery wrapped up into one that this confluence of events were supposed to happen, that this moment was supposed to happen the way it did on Sunday. But to answer your question, no, the mock turtleneck is not back because it never was. I want to see Tiger back in normal polos. I want to see him back in blade polos. Save the mocks for Augusta, I'd say. That was a hell of an answer. That was <laughs> that was perfect. Do you I have mean, any? Do you have any strong feelings? No, on, uh, I think. I mean, if we're being honest, it did briefly cross my mind. Like maybe I should order a mock a Tiger mock turtleneck. I am, you know, it, that didn't last much longer. We're just than an not hour, the right I shape. I know, it, I but think. like it, you, get you gotta have up in massive the biceps and like no you, stomach. Because even his smaller stomach, what are you? You trying can see to a little say? pouch on him. I'm saying that your arms are not big as tigers, and your stomach's bigger. Okay, uh, I just that. Okay, it's just out there now. No, it's on. To, no you're honest. I had to rip the bandaid off. Okay. I'd also say that my arms are not as big as tigers, and. and and no, I, pr- I probably and? got a little flatter stomach than Tiger. He's got a little ponds on him these How days. How dare you? How dare I try, you? I, you know, out here in California, a lot of wheatgrass, a lot of call, kale. You calling me fat? My bloating's at an all-time It's low. episode 100 and you're calling me fat. Thanks. This I'm is just great. saying No, make cold me feel right about myself. What? Taste meats. They yeah, bloat. You, I well, bloat. Yeah, you eat those without the bread. You're fine. No carbs. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube here, Matt. You're beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. You're beautiful. If nice. I could hug you right now, I would. I but know you would. That's nice. The cut, you say. You, the you cut of a mock turtle. The cut of a mock turtle is not made for your Sunday golfer. Is what I'm saying. There we go. Okay, I, I respect that. I could <laughs> I, I could probably stand to use it, drop a little bit off the stomach. But okay, that's, wait, wait, that's till this, uh, wait till you see this blade polo though. It's gonna be nice. Oh, By I the way. Just putting it on the table, choices. and I hope that everyone in the group is planning this because it's going to be – maybe it could be a little warm uh, early May oh, yeah. on the desert. Oh, yeah. Uh, different shirt every round. Days we play 36, different shirt every round. A couple, couple different shirts. I, I agree. Multiple shirts in the bag. We'll bring yeah. some options. Well, Tiger, Tiger went through like five that one Sunday when he finished second in the PGA. <laughs> was so. that it? That was at um, uh, the PGA. Bell Reef. And, then I Bell think, Reef. and then I think he changed a couple times at the Tour Championship, if yep. I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was, that, like, like, that's Georgia in August. So, ooh, yeah, he probably had to bonus. change every other hole. Not necessarily ooh, a buy or sell, bonus. but buy one, sell one. If you had to go with the Tiger regular polo with the gross sweat capturing undershirt, as he did when he ooh. won the Tour Championship and at the PGA, um, or Tiger in the mock. Mock. Like just on a, on a weekly basis, you got to see Tiger in the mock. Yeah, I'd rather see Tiger. Tiger can pull off the mock. He can, but I just want it to always be that master's moment, him with his arms up, biceps popping in the, yeah, in the mock. Yeah, you'll always have that moment. The mock's not going anywhere. All right, I guess that's fair. For Tiger. Moving yeah. on. Okay, yeah. Do you want me? You've you got a couple. Why don't you hit me with one while I, uh, while I okay. decide which one I want um, to move to? Yeah, you, you do some perusing, and yeah. uh, I'll hit we you got with some this options. one. Um, this was sent by one Phil Goff, a oh. friend of the pod, contributor to the I've pod. I've been told this is a surprise. I'm a little bit nervous. Yes. Um, I'll read the text verbatim. I swear to God, uh, if Rooney he brings up the strawberry me, shortcakes. Rooney texted me for some question, but I want you to ask him if he can ever get over the 2006 strawberry shortcake ice cream gate. <laughs> you know, Man, I this, thought- this, my, Matt, before you even dig into it. This could be a moment where you let this de- this devil go, okay? You could let this evil out of your life, but it's, I'll let you answer as you may. It's as let go as it's going to get. Okay. Is that good? Is that good? Is it, am I ever, it's never going to leave my brain. It's never going to okay. be out of my memory fully. This will I forever be a knock on Phil Goff's character. Yeah, I, no, I still feel uh, – I'm, I'm a big Phil Goff fan, big Phil Goff supporter. His his work for One Foot Down and, and on the Moose and Runes podcast is fantastic. Still a very close friend of mine. I think always will be. But that said, there are some things in life with that, that stick to you. And mm-hmm. sometimes you can't control those things. So you can try to let go. But sometimes they're just right. always you know kind of lingering. 
And I'm, am I as mad about it as I used to? Used to be? No. I, some might say I'm not even mad about it anymore, but I still remember it. It's still there. It's still there. It's still there. You, and you know what, Phil? If I ever do forget, I'll tell you, but I don't, I don't see that happening, so. You know. I think you guys need to sit down over a box of strawberry shortcake and just talk this thing out. Yeah, maybe you know it <laughs> couldn't hurt if Phil were to if Phil were to buy a box of strawberry shortcake bars, which he you know hasn't done in yeah you know, what's it thirteen years now for me. Then maybe something would change, but we don't know that. We don't know that. Only time will tell. You really couldn't. You really had to do this in the middle of the podcast. Get me all riled up and upset. Matt, you asked for one. That was the first one that I had. <sighs> okay, fine, fine. <laughs> uh, you bring? I got bring us back down to I got, I got a, people like when we talk food, Joe. So I got I got a bunch of food options here. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick one here. Um, let's Beautiful. go with we're, we're we're gonna start talking pizza. Okay, to you, okay. what is the most important element or part of the pizza? The sauce, the crust, mm. the cheese, and I'm gonna throw in also the topping. Okay. First off, what's Joe Musso's go-to pizza order? Let's get that out. Cheese, cheese. margarita. I like that. I like I like for the I don't, I don't simpleness, love the tomato the sim- simplicity of the pizza to speak for itself. I don't want much of a chunk in my tomato okay, either. If you. I'm going wood fired, if I'm going wood fired, and you want to do the fresh mozzarella, basil, maybe a little a little it's, tomato it's, chunk doesn't it's, hurt. It's pronounced mozzarella. Mozzarella. Um, on your classic pie, though, I, I'm, you're going to get me going just straight cheese. That's okay, like if, well, I want to try your slice. I want to try the cheese slice. Um, I do love. Uh, the occasional I can't do like a meat lovers while I do love pepperoni I do love sausage well, heartburn starts kicking in I can't I, I can't power I can but that's not a regular to. thing I'm usually a one topping kind of guy yeah you know yeah. I even like mom always like the garbage pizza the veggie one with all mm. the stuff that, on it I enjoy that, that. get that out of here for you yeah, we, don't, we don't do veggies on pizza but when you ask the most important aspect of a pizza to me, it's easy. I'd like to hear your answer. I guess I've never really given this much thought because bad anything will ruin a pizza. If you have good cheese, good sauce, bad dough, it's done. If you mm-hmm. have good sauce, good dough, bad cheese, it's done. If you have good sauce or good pizza, good dough, uh, good cheese, bad sauce, whatever. If you have one bad thing, it's going to ruin the pizza for me. So I need all three of them to be above par for me to come back to your pizza joint. But the – thing that really stands out to me is a simple San Marzano with a little bit of basil, a little salt and pep. The sauce is so important for a pizza. I really think that's what makes the Domino's, Pizza Hut, uh, whatever, the chain pizzas so disgusting. The cheese is pretty gross, but bad, tangy, bitter sauce is is what ruins a pizza quickest for me. So I'm going to say the sauce. I'm with you. I, in, in, I actually think it, the sauce is my least favorite part of the pizza. Not that I don't like it. I love everything about pizza. Um, okay. the, the cheese, I think, is my uh, – you, you can't put too much cheese on a slice of pizza for me. But if, if, if that sauce isn't good or you don't like the flavor of that sauce, there's really mm-hmm. no getting rid of it. There, that, that's what that pizza – that makes the pizza more than anything else that goes into it. So I think I'm with you. I, I think the sauce is the most important part of the pizza. While it might not be my favorite part of the pizza, I think that's what makes or breaks it. If that makes sense, does that make sense? Like I, yes, but yeah, I, you, I think there's a, I think there's a million ways to break it. You know, see, and I I, that, that's where we just. I think you know, any pizza you put in front of me, it might not be as good as other pizza, but it's still pizza, so I'll eat it. It's probably still pretty good food. Yeah, I'll eat it, but like a floppy, like doughy BS crust. Eh. Yeah, it's not great, but it's piece. still pretty solid. I don't want a second piece. It's fine. You know, you give me a home, a frozen home run in, I'll kill it. It's awesome. <laughs> of course we will. Um, all right, why don't you hit us with another one, Matt? <sighs> okay, let's go with uh, my other brother. Also sent me one, which I would like to open up now. I want to want to get the verbiage right, so I'm going to open up my Twitter direct messages. Let's see here. This is great for radio. Golf-inspired mailbag joke. Dream foursome to play with made up entirely of fictional sports movie characters. Oh. I'm, gonna, I'm also going to do – I'm going to open up to sports TV shows just to give us a little bit of more of a wider range. Not that that opens it up too much, but just to give us some more options. Oh, OK. So but they have to be from sports, sports programming movies. of some? Yes. OK. I was going to say Blanche from the Golden Girls. Um, I, but. I, don't, I don't watch that one. <laughs> That's a – it's a reference for our older listeners. I'm but, sure we um, have a bunch of them. 
Oh, I got to give this a little bit of thought. Do you have anyone offhand? Do you want uh, to back and forth? I think, like, I think there's a home snake run. draft or just a draft? I think there's a home run pick for number one, and that's Roy McAvoy. I think he'd be yeah. fantastic. Roy's up there. Roy, Roy is number one because he, he'd probably get all chesty early on and then make a bet that he can't par in with a seven iron, and then I'd get to see him par in with a seven iron. It'd, be, it'd just be a lot of fun. It'd be a yeah. lot of fun. It'd be easy to get underneath his skin and then watch him absolutely bury me afterwards. It'd be I fun. Might even have might be able to get you a tea time with Costner too. You got to make a couple calls, pull a couple strings, but yeah, he's friend not a friend of friend of the pod. Oh, he, Kevin Costner listens. Um, I don't know if he listens. Okay. We stay, you know, you know, we, we stay at his house, this and that, but it's it's not important. It's not important. Sure, sure sounds that way. Why don't you why don't you give me one now? Ask me one there, Joe. Um, cool, um, Joe. You've been you to ask here, and uh, I I just don't love I don't love it as my first pick, but it's the first one that came to mind because. Okay. It is a golfer, a fictional golfer, but I think you know the atmosphere that surrounds Happy Gilmore would okay. be fun to play in. So I think I need Happy in in my foursome. Um, I, I need him in there. I need the crowd there. I need it to be like a rock concert, having a lot of fun. I think Happy would be a good addition to to the foursome. I, I I've struggled going back and forth with this pick, but I'm going to stay in the same movie, and I'm not going to go where people think. I think people might think I'd go Shooter McGavin. I'm not going Shooter McGavin. I'm going Chubbs Peterson. So you're going to go I want to. I, I oh, Lafferty Daniel would be great. Um, Chubbs Peter. I want to see what he was like before he lost the hand. And this has got to be, you know, uh, pre-bit off hand, Chubbs. But I would love to see what Chubbs Peterson had in the bag before he lost the hand, because obviously, such a legendary golfer. Some people call him like Tiger. I yeah. want to see what he had. So I'm going to go that. I have Chubbs as the the third in my foursome. Okay. Plus, um, it's a great name. It's a good golf course name to be talking to somebody. No. Is this pretty sick? Do we, can we have, say that all the can time? Can we have other sports fiction oh, yeah. characters that oh, are going to be golf be, fiction? No, any there. sport. Yeah. I just that's those were the two that jumped out to me. Any sport. Okay, I think I go with Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Um, Plus, you then, just want you want to see how far he can hit the ball. I mean, that's just yeah. You got to you want to see that. See how far. Of course, of course, you try a couple of the happy swings just because. Of course, you know, it, it gives you an excuse to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that secondary to happy, uh, my next foursome partner. Oh wow! Um, like like we say, great radio here. Great but, radio, uh, folks. Thrilling I stuff. I think I need to go with. Now, see, uh, the the people that keep it like I don't want to golf with Tim Riggins. He'd probably be terrible and wear see, cargo shorts. See, and, that's like, why you might want him in because you got a couple serious ones, and then you have the guy you ride in the cart with. Bring the handicap down. No, 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 no. no. I'm going to go really fringe here. Okay, and because fringe, he is yeah, an like avid, it. he is an avid golfer. Oh, and it's proven he is an avid golfer. Not exactly a sports show, but an avid golfer. Cosmo Kramer is in my force. Oh, that's a good one. That's, We're going I, down I, I, to the beach. I got no idea. I, I had that because Cosmo knows how to have a good time. Do you really want to have fun? Cosmo knows how to. Have, that's a that's a happy Gilmore, Cosmo Kramer, Joe Musso, and and our fourth. Hmm. I am going to. Who's your fourth? My fourth. This is a a little bit obscure as well, but this th- there is a golf episode in this in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to bring in Kevin Malone from The Office. Okay. Because if you, I don't know if you remember that episode, but he's part of a foursome. They're taking out a client on the golf course, but he's the one who's facilitating all the gambling, every hole. He's holding the money. He's taking mm-hmm. care of everything. He's setting up all the games. And I think you need that guy. But I'm not winning much money from Kevin from uh, from from Roy McAvoy. I think he might be setting up some games here and there where I might have a shot. You know, it, yeah. it's not necessarily going to be I need to win every hole. It's, it's I can do certain things, whatever. So I like that guy coming up with certain games to kind of give everybody a chance. So I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. make. Kevin Malone from The Office, my, my fourth and final. I like that. Um, my fourth and final. He's also again, my cart buddy. Like that. That's. I mean, it's tough, but who tough. you got? Who you got? Who's number four? That's, yeah, it's a tough cart. Okay, shut up, Joe. Buddy. All right, all right. I'm not that uh, fat. My, okay. I'm saying he is. I'm saying he is. You were you were implying that the you're gonna have trouble. Was you're gonna have trouble cornering that thing. His direction is all I'm saying. That's just okay? rude. But I hope it's not a hilly course. That's rude, um, Joe. My fourth and on final. the twenty on the one hundredth episode, you're gonna <laughs> mean that you're gonna fat shame. I'm fat shaming Kevin. I'll hypothetically. You were character. implying it towards me too. No, 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 no. Oh, you would never. 
Matt, says you've the, come a long way. And says we're the guy about. who nicknamed me Garfield in high school. Okay. Great nickname. It was a fantastic nickname. I still have a Garfield-themed Garfield putter cover. <laughs> um, my fourth and final, again, not a sports show, but someone avid about golf. I'm picking Ray Romano, his character in Everybody Loves Raymond, which was Ray Romano. But he was an avid golfer. He was always trying to sneak out of the house to play some golf. He was a sports writer, so I think he could bring some historical context to the group, give us nice little notes as we play. Um, and he's hilarious. You know, you know, his mom would show up at some point with like, uh, like some cold eggplant parm for us. Like it'd be a great thing. So I'm going Happy Gilmore, Cosmo Kramer, and Ray Romano. I gotta be honest with you. I love the first two picks. I think that last one's kind of. I don't want to say trash. You don't like Ray Romano? I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think you want Ray Romano on on the golf course. Oh, you didn't watch enough. You didn't watch. I enough watched everybody the show, bro. It's okay. It's he's fine. You don't want someone's mom showing up on you know number seven while you're trying to tee off over the water on a par three. All right, all right, Kevin from the office. Yeah, he's fun, <laughs> and he'd probably make me feel smart because he's not that smart. That's true. All right, true. you got another one. Why don't you? Why don't you? Yep, I got it. I got another one for us here. Um, this is a basketball-related question. Oh, hoops. From, from the listeners. Um, Kevin Durant. This is, I'm, I'm looking for the text. Yes, I agree. I answer yes to Kevin Durant. I, knew it, I think he's I knew good. It regarded, I know it's regarding Kevin Durant, but I can't find the text. That's There's true. something along the lines of Kevin Durant. Okay. Golden State, New York, or the field? New York. You think he's going to New York? I think New York. Yeah, I, I, I there's too much. The pod, can you embellish? I think there's too much smoke there for it to not be true. I think where there's smoke, there's fire in the NBA a lot. I don't think anything that gets leaked out, you know, regarding those types of rumors is without any. I, I think there's substance to it. I, I, I think Kevin Durant and Kyrie were kind of trolling around the the All Star break, but I also think that's going to be a thing. I, I, I think they're. That that just it, they both of them scream New York to me. I think Kevin Durant's out of Golden State. They seem to be well. They still might win the title this year. They don't seem to be themselves. They don't seem to all be really together all that much. And that that seems like it's kind of run its course after this year. So I'm going Kevin Durant to the New York Knicks. Because if, if he wants to be the best ever, which he never will be, the only logical See, I don't think way he has that be, desire. I really. But that said, I I think if he wants to get over LeBron the, the LeBron hump, which I do think he does. Going and winning a title in New York would get him there, or in his mind, get him there. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome to watch, and I think it'd be awesome for New York had the pick to get Zion, and then mm-hmm. Zion and KD, and then you go get a couple guys and whatever. Um, but I do think he's staying in Golden State. I think he's staying a Warrior. I think okay. that for the same reason that you think he's leaving, I think he's staying. I think this is one big troll job. I think he leaked some information. He's letting the world burn. Now he's regretting, regretting, regretting it. Excuse me, because he's having it, to yeah. answer, regretting it because he's having to answer a bunch of questions time and time again. Um, I think when it's all said and done, he'll probably make his decision one way or the other on just like a given day. He'll mm-hmm. have the thought, "I want to do this," and he'll do it. I think he's kind of that type of impulsive, um, emotional player. So he could very well leave. But I think that when he sees all that's out in front of him and the legacy he can leave with the Warriors, um, I think he wants to have his jersey hanging in the Chase Center um, for their first season uh, next year. Obviously, his jersey won't hang for the first yeah. season. But brand new stadium coming in San Francisco. I, I know you Worst you places talk to about live. You could you could point to his business ventures being out there in Silicon Valley, but he does have offices in New York now, apparently as well. Which uh, I wish I had like offices scuttled. somewhere. Just like yeah, right. yeah I, I got I got offices there. You know, whatever. I, Some offices. I have my my business ventures have offices here. Like I wish I had that. Money. Like he never goes there, but he's got offices. He's got people. Like come on. I think once he sees how much it will take to uproot and start again, I don't know if he has the will to do that. I think he want, I think he ends up staying because there's already a formula in place, and if nothing else, it'll be him and Steph in the case that Draymond and Clay go somewhere else, which I don't think will happen. But well, f- fortunately, Joe, we will find out that answer in what like two months, two short uh, months, yeah, what, right July, around there. July, April, July, two and a half July, months. We don't have to wait too much April, longer to figure that out. July, goodness, July, August. All right, well, are, are we boring you on the 100th episode of Moose and Runes, Joe? I apologize. Yeah, I apologize. are we boring I think it's the Jeez. angle that I'm sitting right now. No, you're not boring me at all. Never, Matthew. 
Okay. Well, I'm going to I'm going to move us on here. We're going to go we got three more left. Okay. We're okay. going to go food, non-food, back to food. Hey, before we get into it, okay. uh, a huge thank you to the Muslim Runes listeners, especially those who sent in questions. Oh yeah. Um on our 100th episode, it has been just a blast um knowing that that you guys enjoy this stuff. So, thank you as always. We we asked and uh you guys all delivered. We have three more left here. We're not going to get to all of them today, but now we have, you know, some some fuel here for the next couple uh to to kind of have these uh overlap into to future episodes too. Um but I'm going to go with this is another food related one from our friend again, Nick Farchetto, who wanted me to be sure to say hello to you. He says hello. The salt um, of sauce. If you could choose one food item for the rest of your life, nutrition don't don't need to ca- uh, factor in you, you know negative nutrition. There, what do you got? If you got one food for the rest of your life to eat, don't need to factor in nutrition or how bad or good it is for you. Just one food for the rest of your life. You can. I'm not saying your favorite food. It, it's got to be something you can eat all the time. Yeah. What are you going with? Um, like, is it a meal or just one thing? Doesn't doesn't elaborate, so I will let you elaborate on that. You you can pick whatever route you want there. But I mean, if we're talking meal, like I'm not saying you get to pick the same five course meal where you get five different dishes and you make. No, 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 no. no. But like a side dish or this or that. Yeah, I'll give you a um, side dish. I'll give you a I side think dish. The, the thing that I could always go to because you can, I can still choose amongst the cuts. Mm-hmm. I can still repurpose and make tacos. I can do whatever I want. Oh, I didn't with just a that. with just a nice steak. You know, a nice. Just bone in ribeye or a nice, nice New York strip. You can do a lot of different things with mm-hmm. a side of veg, a side of mashed potato, or a, or a, a pilaf or a couscous um, on the side there. And I'm a happy man. I could eat that three times a week and be happy. But uh, you could you could bounce around and repurpose. So I'd I'd keep it simple. And I'd say um, nice, nice steak and some sides would be my my go-to. Yeah, I was going, protein. I was going to go with that as well, but and for the sake of the pot, I'm, I'm going to differentiate to to give us some not disagreements here, but some other options. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with pizza for for a similar reason you did. I think there's a lot of ways you can go with it. Um, you can get a thin crust pizza if you if you want something a little bit lighter. You can get you know less toppings. You can go strictly cheese if you want to load it up. Get a little bit of a different flavor. You can go you know like a cheeseburger pizza, like a barbecue chicken type pizza. You got a lot You're of different disgusting. options there. I what? You're a disgusting person. Why am I disgusting? I just I'm not a big like crazy toppings on pizza. Okay, well, I'm not no. saying I am either. I told you I'm usually a one topping guy, but like if, yeah. if I if I have a craving I don't, you for just said, you know barbecue you just, or chicken or something. I can get you know a it, barbecue chicken. If I have a craving, for I like cheese, the strategy. It all I it get all, a cheeseburger it all pizza. Falls under it all falls under the umbrella of pizza. So that's that is a good strategy. Yeah, I think there's um, a lot of uh, buffalo chicken pizza. There's a lot of different options you can go there. It doesn't always have to taste like the same old pizza. You can go a lot of different routes with that. You know what I don't like? I I, I used to love buffalo chicken pizza from California Pizza Kitchen, but I haven't been to a California when, Pizza Kitchen in a while. When the sauce is the is the barbecue sauce, it's just oh, too much. Oh, I'm with I you. I, th- I think you need to have the normal tomato sauce, and then if you want yeah, to drizzle yeah. barbecue sauce on the top, go for it. Whatever. Maybe a modified tomato sauce. Yeah. Put a little, like, or just little, go lighter on the sauce. A little chipotle in it. Yeah, a lighter a light, light, there. light barbecue sauce. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't do a full barbecue sauce, barbecue pizza. Is no, it? I'm with you. Not for me. I'm Not with you. Me. All right, Joe, we're going to we're gonna stay topical here. I know you're a big Game of Thrones fan. Big Game of Thrones fan. Huge. Okay. Fell asleep during so, episode one. It, I, honestly, uh, I can't blame you. There was a lot of a lot of setting up going on there. Came uh, home came home from work, tired. Um, Shelby was kind enough to wait for me to watch it with her. I told her I'd watch the season with her, and I knocked out. Five minutes in, I woke up to someone on well, fire. Honestly, wall, it, it, that so. was a long day for you. You had Tiger. You know, you, you're probably all tuckered out. Took a lot out of you that day. And then, quite yeah, honestly, the, the episode was a lot of. Um, Exposition. There was a lot of setting up, and we didn't get to see much action. I had Tiger, which is an emotional roller coaster. I was up at six a.m. followed by a four o'clock sports extra, which I produced, wrote, and anchor, edited all the video. Joe, we're, we're very five o'clock yeah, news hit, followed by a ten o'clock, followed by an eleven. Followed by an eleven thirty p.m. I didn't ask what you did Sunday. I had two full half hour specials and three normal hits. Congratulations! On top of, you have a on job top of that Tiger emotion to work during the day. We're very proud I of did, you. 
but I got to I got to write about Tiger all day, which okay, was awesome. Yeah, boo hoo, you guys. Everybody send Joe emails and texts about how bad of a day he had on Sunday. If you Expre- could. Express your deepest sympathies. If you um, could, I don't think you've gotten the question off yet. No, because you just went off okay. a rattle about how bad your day was on Sunday. <laughs> boo hoo. It's on me. God. I now I got to reopen the text because I forgot what it yep. was. All right, so, yep, that's so what I do. we're gonna rephrase this to have a little bit of a sports theme to it. We're gonna just call it Stardom, Sidem, and okay. Cutem. Okay, Joe. Stardom. And this is a sports theme to what game? Spo- to to Game of Thrones. Oh, but no, no, no. Like start, sit, cut. What would be like the original? Oh, uh, I yeah. You know, it's you can use your imagination it. on that if you'd okay. like. Um, but start, sit, cut. I like it. Start, sit, cut. We're gonna go start, sit, cut. John Snow. You know who he is, right? Do I need to explain yes. that to you? He's yes. the one who's um, in love with his aunt. Cersei mm-hmm. Lannister, the one who's in, in love with her brother. Or the Night King, who mm-hmm. um, by all accounts might be the savior of the world. So start, sit, cut. Jon Snow, Cersei Lannister, the Night King. I'll let you start. See what I did there? Start. See? Yes, thank you. You get it. You get it. Um, That's called the pun, people. This one uh, boils down pretty easily. We're starting the Night King. We're, we're starting we're, the Night King, both of we're us. We're starting close. the Night King. He's our guy. You know, We've been Team White Walker since since he threw that spear like Mitch Trubisky yeah. on a perfect dime to Allen Robinson. He threw that spear through the neck. The associate dragon. yourself. Associate yourself with the winning team. Yeah. Um, give me the Night King. I'm starting him. I am sitting uh, Cersei, and I'm cutting Jon Snow. Jon Snow just feels too cookie cutter. Does he end up on the Iron Throne? If he does, I feel like a lot of people would be unhappy with that, but... Um, starting, uh, starting the Night King, sitting Cersei and uh, cutting Jon Snow because he, he, he died. Um, I so. I originally had I wrote um, I originally had your exact same answer, but I, I've I've since uh, tweaked it a little bit. Obviously, we're starting the Night King. Um, mm-hmm. They're the Patriots. They're you know the the mid nineties Bulls. They've been around for you know eight thousand years now. The White Walkers have been around. They're a dynasty. Um, I don't see that. I'm not going to be the one who predicts the ending of it. I'll, I'll happily mm-hmm. admit it's over when it's over, but I'm not going to be the one who calls that much like the Patriots. Um, I'm going to sit Jon Snow because I love I love having that grit coming off the bench. He might not be the smartest guy. He might not be you know he, he might not have the best uh, strategical uh, plans, thoughts, whatever you want to do it. But he's gritty. He, could, he can come off the bench. He can give me some good minutes. And yeah, he died, but he also f- figured out a way to come back. He did he also resurrect. Yeah, back. that is true. So he's not, no, he's not the guy. On this, holiest, on this holiest of weekends, uh, yeah. I think it, it was a mistake for me to cut John Yeah, Snow. Parallels? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> uh, but he, he, he keeps fighting. He doesn't quit. And that's the type of grit you want off your bench. I'm not, I'm not playing him, you know, 40 out of the 48 minutes a night, but he can give me, you know, 15 good minutes off the bench, and that's what I'm looking for. And quite honestly, when he reaches that potential, if he does reach that potential, he's as good as anybody out there. So you like having mm-hmm. that talent, that potential coming off your bench when, you know, the, the floor isn't that low for him. I yeah. think he's got a high floor. John I think Snow. That's, really, then, that's, that's great analysis right there. Uh, I'm going I'm to sit Cersei. Uh, I think she she's aggressive. I like her. I'm sorry, cut Cersei. Uh, I think mm-hmm. she's aggressive. Shame. I like that. But I, I think she's going to be shame. a little – I think she's going to – Shame. Shame. Good one. Uh, I think she's going to be a little over aggressive at times, and and yeah. I, I don't want someone coming off the bench committing stupid fouls and, and such. And yeah, I, but that, there's, that's there's that Patrick Beverly. You need that intensity off the bench. You I know? think Jon Snow gives me that. I really do. He's that's intense. True. He's just you know I, I don't think he, he he's smart with his intensity. Whereas I think Cersei's going to back herself into a corner. So there we go. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Well, good question, well Chris yeah. Sims. Um, all right, last one, and this is this is I think. This might not be the deepest answer, but I think this one mm-hmm. might say the most the the most about us and, and where we think we are. This is this is one. It's a food related question. I think you gotta. It, it's food related questions are, are us at our core. I think Joe. It's a sweet if, spot. If there was a dish named after you, what would that dish be? A I think this is. I think this you. is pretty good. I mean, just for. You know, civic pride, what, local what is pride. I'd love for the Joe Juicy Hot Peppers to be what oh, they call John, a Johnny's Beef. Oh, that's a good Like, one. if they call the Johnny's Beef the Muso, let me get a Muso. A Muso at Johnny's Beef would be a juicy combo, hot peppers on the side, mm. with a tamale, an order of fries, and a grape soda. 
That's the grape soda. Flavor. You're a grape soda guy. The grapes. You gotta I'm not, go lemon ice. I'm not, but the grape soda at Johnny's Beef is liquid crack, mm. and Never they had even it. have the, the liquid crack or grape soda. Both. Okay. Um, they have the little pellet ice. I do love ice. The, the the nugget oh. ice. I love that. Oh, and they fill her up. They fill it up with the ice. Like I like an icy drink. The pebble that pellet ice with their grape soda over it. Tamale order of fries. Juicy, uh, excuse me, juicy combo hot peppers on the side. That's yeah, I love that. That's all I need. That's For, the musa. Before I describe mine, I don't get the people who go to Johnny's and just order the beef. You got to get the combo. The combo, the, combo John, the, 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 the I Italian occasionally sausage will get just there. the beef. I'll get just the beef, but then I'll get a, a sausage on the side I in like its that. own bun oh, yeah. as its I own like thing. That. Yeah. Well, you got you got to see. That's why I put them together. You save the carbs, less carbs. Yeah. It's 2019. Yeah. You live in California now. You need to be, you need to be watching you, your carbs. You think him? Yeah. Um, so what I took do? this a little bit of another way, not necessarily like what I would love to have named after me, but the the dish that describes me, or you know, I guess is me. Okay. It's cheesecake. I, I just I think that's you want, it. no. I just I think that's what if you're going to name a dish after me, what people think I think it would be cheesecake. I think the mat would be cheesecake. That's just that that was the first answer that popped in my head, and that's what I'm going with. You're just gonna have you're just gonna have people referring to cheesecake as the mat. Yeah, you got a problem with cheesecake? It's a great. No, dessert. I just think that that's a big ask for everyone to start referring. I didn't. Cheesecake. No, I, I. Well, I. If there was a, I'm not saying I want people to. It says if there was a dish to be named after you, what would it be? And I, the, the first answer that came to my head was cheesecake. I, like I just, it. I think it was a no brainer for me. Is there a specific piece of cheesecake oh, from a specific che- uh, establishment? No, I don't think so. Or honestly. from I, a specific family cook? No, you know my mom. My mom is a, is a very good baker. I don't think she's ever baked a cheese. You don't bake a cheesecake, do you? A lot of them are no bake, correct? Yeah, so um, I don't think she's ever baked a cheesecake. No, I don't oh, think yeah. there's. I just, I, I don't really have a. I mean, I, I kind of just like the regular New York style. You know, maybe a blueberry cheesecake. That's always good. You gotta like the blueberry cheesecake. A key lime pie. You know, cheesecake. That's always delicious. Um, what's your favorite cheesecake? Um, my aunt Lorraine makes a cheesecake that'll curl your toes. That'll, that'll send you home happy. Are we talking plain cheesecake or, you know, is there plain a cheesecake? Oh, I like that. Um, cracker crust, but Ooh. handmade little, oh, like fantastic. And I'm not a cheesecake. Like if, again, I'm a pie guy. If, if, if there's a table so, with cheesecake, pie, a bunch of stuff out, I go for the piece of pie, but with, with a ice cheesecake, there, right? Aunt Lorraine's cheesecake, you always need a slice of. Yes, ice cream okay. on the pie. Just make it. So you're, in, you're of the belief in that cheesecake is a cake, not a pie, correct? I think that's a good question, but yeah. Because I think you with said your own plate, being cheesecake. Thank you. That's where I'm at as well. There's so many yeah, but even if it was it a pie. It's not a pie. It's a cheesecake. My point, was, my point was if you put a pie next to a, a birthday cake or an angel food cake, I'm still going with the pie. I think we've had this or, talk, but I already forgot. Are you talking like any kind of pie or they're like, you know – Fruit anything but pumpkin, like, really. You know, okay. Anything but pumpkin. Anything but like Bavarian cream. I like a fruit pie uh, with with the nice crust. And I think, think in a hundred episodes, we've touched on this seventy six of them. You know, we forget things. Okay, <laughs> I forget. Things. Sometimes is, I just uh, need a little bit of a refresher. I'm a banana cream pie guy. Yeah, a good banana, banana cream pie. Cream I think guy. that's. I think that's the the best dessert out there. Well, well, maybe I'll whip one up, and uh, that'll be I'll, I'll check. Uh, that'll be my check bag. Well, yeah, you, you have a you have a pie. you have a short uh, travel to uh, to Palm Springs, so you should be able to, to fit that in no problem. I think it's like a fifty-seven minute flight. Yeah, you're so you're up and down. There's really no there's that. no level time. You're you're ascending and then you're descending. I think It'll we fly there. at about like hundred and fifty feet. We get there. Love that. Yeah. Well, very much looking forward to uh, uh, to Moose and Runes live from uh, from we'll Palm fi- Springs. We'll figure it out. We'll get we're it figuring done. something out there. Um, we're in but, the process. Uh, you know, episode 100 up, episode 100 down. We, we now f- turn our focus to episode 101. But yeah. uh, as we look back, 100 episodes of, uh, of, of rambling and rambling. And uh, Matt, as I said before, thank you for all of your efforts that you put into uh, this effort, to this show, to making sure that our, our listenership uh, gets a podcast almost every week, and uh, we appreciate you guys for listening. It is a blast to be able to come here and talk about things like cheesecake and uh, and Tiger Woods. So, yeah. uh, I, I, Matt, I, I don't have anything else monumental for this episode 100, but uh, if you want to give your piece to the people, no, it, it takes a lot of effort on on both sides. I know I, I do a lot of 
the the behind the scenes work, but to be the the driver of this show like you are, and to kind of control—I don't want to say control conversation, but you know, drive conversation. Um, and, and with both of our busy schedules, the fact that for I think probably a uh, hundred straight weeks or a hundred a hundred episodes, I think we probably fit into about a hundred and two or a hundred three weeks, which is is pretty unbelievable given our uncertain and unpredictable schedules and uh, and living across the country from each other. So that's been awesome. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think that's about all I got, you know, I, I should say, I don't know if he even listens to the podcast anymore, but both hmm. of our, our good mutual friend, Zach Meyer, um, yes. about right before we started this pod about a month. Um, he, I, I won't say that he was, uh, inebriated at the time, but we had, we'd been out for a little while watching the final four. And, uh, he, he had known that you and I had gone back and forth about ta- starting a podcast and he, um, say gracefully read me the riot act a little bit about how we're wasting an opportunity not doing so uh mm-hmm. that kind of that kind of gave me the push we, we you and i started talking about it about a week later after that and then lo and behold uh, 100 episodes later we're still doing it so zach if you're still listening thank you for uh for getting drunk and yelling at me at a bar but uh there we go it's 100 episodes later and here's here's to 100 more amen and Here some we are hypothetical in the- sponsors here's to the hypothetical sponsors your ad here Anywhere. It could be Moose and podcast uh, sponsored by Simply Dot Tech. Dot Dot. <laughs> Fit Tea. Ooh. Me Undies. Ooh, Me Undies would be good. Uh, Cheesecake Factory. Cheesecake. <laughs> I, that's actually, you know, I think we should make, I should send this clip and send two people in marketing over at Cheesecake Factory. And I think. Wintrust Community an, Banks. They sponsor everything in, an, in Chicago. Why in not an odd, In an odd way. Cheesecake Factory covers both our love for cheesecake and Tiger Woods. And with that, I will say thank you for listening to episode 100 of the Moose and Runes podcast. For Matt Rooney, I am Joe Musso. We'll see you for episode 101 next week, fans. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. <laughs> Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.